Hello and welcome to a new episode of the White House Advisor with me, Harry Whitehouse, and today we're going to be talking about a game uh, from my favourite game series. It's been out for a couple of weeks now, so we're going to be giving a little short review on it and some of the new features, and that is Football Manager 2022. So Football Manager is my favourite game series of all time. You know, I've always, you know, it's, it's when I've always dream, dreamt of being things, I've always dreamt of being the person who's in charge rather than the person who's actually doing it. So when we were at school and people always wanted to be footballers, I wanted to be the football manager. You know, when people want to be actors, I want to be the director and things like that. I've always, you know, it's just a weird personality thing. And football manager's been the best way of replicating that. Um, I played it, you know, the average age football manager is a lot lower, higher, sorry, than it is, you know, like FIFA or other football games. And I was always, you know, I've been playing FM since I was like 11. Not the proper full fat version, you know, playing it on your iPad and then you eventually work on playing on your laptop. But yeah, it's a game that I've played for a long time now. Um, put a lot of hours into it. Less lately, well, especially with this game because of, uh, well, life. I haven't been able to play this game as much as I would have liked to. But yeah, it's still, I've put a lot of hours into it over the years. My favourite game series. And I just, yeah, it's just the idea of building a team and being in charge of it, but then also not being able to directly affect the results, if you get what I mean. So, you you know, you're not in charge of the players, which is, you know, made a lot of funny stories. Like I always used to, I used to have to get a 45-minute bus to school every day. So what I would do on the bus when I was like 14 I'd always play football manager on my iPad and some of the looks I got from other kids is like, but you're not actually playing, you're just in charge. It's like, what's the point of it then? I remember one time it was the it was a Friday afternoon of the last day before Christmas at school and my teacher, physics teacher, came over and I was, and you know, because it was the last afternoon, the last couple of hours of school, you're allowed to, you know, crack on and do whatever you like. And I was playing FM on my iPad and he gave me the, just the most incredulous look and couldn't believe it what I was playing. But anyway, it's the game that I love. The new one, it's been out for a few weeks now, so we're going to do a quick little review on it and the new features and what I think about them. So yeah, let's get, let's get into it. So as with every year, there is a couple of you know new headline features to uh, differentiate the games from its former self. And this year, the most prominent one seems to be the data hub. So the way football is going nowadays, where it's more analytics-driven and data-driven, They've tried to, you know, implement this in the game by having a, a dashboard where you can look at fairly advanced statistics, and you know, you can compare yourself, you know, to other teams in the league, and then compare players to other players in other teams and in your own team. And it's just a way of just implementing the whole, you know, the way football's going the last couple of years. This whole money ball kind of influence on all sports. Personally, it's not something I've really delved into too much. I mean, it's a bit underwhelming to say that about the new headline feature without a game I love. I've always been very like momentum-based on Football Manager. I always like to set up pretty much the same way with the same players and kind of have the idea that other teams have to change for us rather than me using data to you know, tailor my tactics around other teams. That's the way I always think of building a philosophy in the game. So it's not something I've really looked into. I think it's really good for people who, especially people who make content around the game, to give them a new narrative and a way of actually quantifying it in a better way. Because, you know, Football Manager is already a very detailed game, which sort much more so than FIFA. You know, you can peel it back more layers than you can these other games and look at the more underlying parts of the game. But, you know, through other statistics and the way you can look at player histories and uh, attributes and the kind of access that you have. But, yeah, it's not really my thing. I can see why people like it, but... Like I said, it's a bit of an underwhelming addition to the game for me because, well, it just doesn't really impact me. Get on to the 
other big additions this year and stuff that does really have a bigger influence on me and the way I play the game. I mean, my favourite part of the game has always been recruitment. I've always loved building teams and buying players and, you know, you get the idea of you, you watch these football documentaries where there's, you know, there's managers and there's sporting directors who are on the phone trying to buy players. And this is the kind of fun that I have. I love buying players and selling and building a team and then making money on players by selling them and reinvesting that money in younger players. So the two, the other two big things about this year's game really helped me. So transfer value. So before in FM, you'd have like a, each player would have like a fixed kind of market value, which would be calculated by some algorithm within the game. This year, that's been replaced by a range. So instead of when you click on the player, get an exact you know million, hundred thousand, hundred quid value, you'll get like a range from like you know two hundred grand to two million, or seventy million to ninety million. And I think that's a lot more you know reflective of real life because you know who 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 actually has a set figure in real life. I mean, it might be the case for people with release clauses, but who in real life, you know, what footballers have, you know, this is how much they, you know, this is a direct exact value of how much this player is worth to this team so i think giving it a range especially in the covid market that we've lived in the past couple of years is a really nice touch and it kind of more reflective of what the real life market's like and i think another big part of this year's game and once again it's on recruitment is deadline day obviously they've given it the yellow theme like very much like it's been on sky the last couple of years and it's it's just a bit more um it's a bit more engrossing and a bit more you know um Immerse, immersive in terms of actually reflecting what deadline day is like where it's a countdown you're being offered players by agents and I think that's just a really nice touch and a really good addition to the game personally I think it's still something that I don't very, very much use myself because I'm like I love building a team I like to have my team fixed and I like to have my squad of players you know I like to know everything that I'm going to be doing before you know in in pre-season I never like letting transfer business run into the season or very rarely sign a player after the after the games have been started to play I mean last year I think the only player I bought after the season actually started while the transfer window was open on deadline day was Ruben Diaz for Wolves because well he became upset at Man City and well you don't turn down Ruben Diaz if you can find the money for it so that's like the only time I ever used it before like I said I like building a team early and then giving them a pre-season to work themselves in I think I'll probably do a better job of that because a lot of the time in real life that's not possible to do because of international tournaments and players will simply hang on throughout the window hoping for a better move. So that's probably something they could look at to in the future. So for that reason, deadline day doesn't mean that much to me, but I think it's still really effective implementation into the game. I think, like I said, the way you can be offered players by you know the agents in the game is very much more realistic and you know it's the way the game works in real life a lot of the time it's not about what player the club wants it's about what players the agents that they work with can offer them a lot of the time you know we think of football clubs being very precise on who they buy but ultimately a lot of them have very close relationships to a you know handful of agents who will then circumvent them players and i think that that you know the implementation of deadline day much more accurately reflects that and I think it's just a really nice addition to the game. And it's a little thing, but it's effective. So while we can praise FM for uh, those positive things, you know, the game has been out for about, you know, more than a month now. So it's impossible to go that long into a game without, you know, at least recognising some faults in it. I think the first thing is the regen and manager faces, you know, the computer generated ones. This has always been a, a long, you know, a flashpoint for uh, very many FM, you know, 
players and you know people who work at the game and SI and sports interactive in building the game about what they can do. But it seems to have taken a really bad step backwards, uh, back, back backwards step. I mean, it's it's worse than it was last year. There's obviously only so much they can do because FM isn't a game that's built to be played on a console, hence why the graphics are lower. You're not going to play it on such a powerful device. You're going to play it on a laptop or a computer. Although you can now play it on Xbox, but it's still designed for a laptop. So obviously they can't you know, do FIFA graphics. That's impossible. But it looks really bad, especially eyebrows. Um, eyebrows and hair are just dreadful. They look like they've been burnt on rather than actually existing. And you know, I wouldn't have a problem with this. If then, if it hadn't been such a backward step from where it was, because last year, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was better than this. So, you know, I understand, you know, it's only because I have access to the memory of how good it was that I can now criticise them. But yeah, I mean, I understand that they can't do so much because of the, you know, the kind of graphics processing that they're working with on laptops and computers, but it's a step backwards. And I don't think that's ever acceptable of a game that comes out and asks, you know, for 40 quid of your money every year for something that's so simple. I think another little criticism, and I'm not sure if you even call it a criticism, well, there are some kind of down, some hindrances in it, but that's the match engine. Last year was just a huge development in the match engine and the way football played in the game and the way it looked. Because before, I'd always played on 2D, so the way you classically think of FM, where you see the little dots, you know, circles with numbers in to represent the players, and you watch it like... And it's got a ball, so you wouldn't actually see the players. You know, it's just these little dots running around the screen. Last year was a huge step forwards. It was the first time that I felt like I played 3D and, like, you know, looked like you play watching a football match. You know, the players are in three dimensions instead. And it actually looks somewhat realistic. Because before it was just, it looked so ridiculous. It, you know, it, I, did, I really didn't like it. So I finally made the transition last year because of how much better it looked. And like I said, because of that, They've made a lack of progress this year. There's a couple of animations what are new, which you know improve the game. That's why I'm kind of criticising it this year because there's been nowhere near the jump that there was last year because it looks pretty much the same in the match engine. Personally, there's a couple of things, and with also the match engine. I mean, it's the same with every FM, so I don't really want to call it criticism. But with every year, there's something at the start of the game that's really overpowered. So last year, I remember. I started with Wolves and I had Adama Traore up front. And if anybody who knows Adama Traore know that he's well, he's probably the quickest footballer in the world. And the way they coded the game in those earlier in those early issues before it was patched and you know they released hot fixes is that you could just kick the ball out of the goalkeeper's hands. You could tell him to kick the ball out of his hands over the top of the defence. And if you had a quick enough centre forward, he'd just run in and the defenders would just mess it up every time and he'd run in and get a one-on-one. I mean, I got Adam Traore to like 30 Premier League goals a season. It was pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's an exploit, to be honest. You know, anybody who knows Adam, you know, you're lucky if he scores five a season. So it wasn't exactly true to life. And this year, in a similar fashion, heading's really overpowered. All you have to do is just whack crosses into the box. And if you've got a striker somewhat... Decent in the air or over six feet, he's going to get up and just nod everything in. So that's a little criticism, but like with every year, there's something at the start of the game that eventually gets fixed, but I hope it comes soon because it is hindering the game quite a bit and the way it reflects real-life football. Because ultimately, unlike FIFA, FM is a football simulator. You know, FIFA is a way of condensing and arcadifying football because you only play four-minute halves, six-minute halves, 20-minute halves. FM tries to replicate what football looks like in 90 minutes, and that's why you only get highlights. 
instead of watching a full game or playing a full game. And because of that, I'd have higher expectations of the way it reflects how crossing works in real life. But ultimately, FM, it's my favourite game in the world. I can't lie, no matter what it's like, you know, I'm just well adjusted to it. I can accept it. It just offers something that nothing else does in terms of football, the the management side of it. It's just excellent. And, you know, FIFA, this is a part of a, well, the first part of a two-part series about the new games. But Because FIFA, I've gone back to FIFA this year. And like I said, like this, I haven't been able to play it very much because, well, other things. But, you know, bigger things. But FIFA's also been decent. I must say, and that, I'll talk about that in the next podcast, but... You know, FM is just a truer reflection of what real football's like. And as someone who's almost exclusively only ever played sports games on consoles, that's really important to me. And that's why FM is my favourite game. And FM22, you know, it isn't a step backwards. I think FM21 was the best FM I've ever played, right? And I think 22 surpasses it simply because you, it, it's really hard to take a step backwards with every version. And But the leap between FM21 and 22, so far doesn't seem to be half the leap that was FM20 to FM21. And that's my issue, but at the end of the day, FM21 was such an evolution of the game that it's kind of hard to expect anything different. 